Hi everybody, welcome to another Park Report Podcast interview. This is Roy. Bit of a different episode on this one. I speak with members of two different bands, No Spoon, who have a new album out called Opus, which is out available now, and also The Anchor It, uh, with their album It All Began With Loneliness. I speak with the uh, bassist and sound engineer from No Spoon, Cole Millward, and also the main guy, guitar songwriter, Edward Levitsky from The Anchor It. We talk about both bands' debut albums, how they came to be, and everything to do with them. Uh, so stick around for that. Before we get started, uh, just remind to subscribe to our YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts, progreport.com, and on all our socials. And now my chat with No Spoon and The Anchor It. Uh, okay, well, cool. This is a, a really exciting podcast, something different than we've done. But I, I, I've been really into these two albums uh, lately uh, that you may have seen on on the Prog Report where we've covered, we've talked about different bands, and these two seem to come up a lot. Uh, first, I want to introduce uh, Ed from the band The Anchor It, uh, who has a very cool kind of lighting background, looks like a professional podcaster there. Um, Ed, good to see you. Good to meet you in person, finally. Nice to meet you, everyone. And uh, and we have Cole from the band No Spoon. Uh, I, I have had people come to me and not know how to pronounce your guys' name so much. <laughs> but that, again, that's another thing that's come up in, with a lot of bands uh, this year. There's been a lot of new bands, a lot of new weird band names that people don't know how to pronounce, which has kind of been a fun uh, fun thing to deal with. But uh, but it does look cool written. Uh, so No Spoon, uh, your guys' album is called Opus. Uh, and that's out now on streaming. You have a you have a Bandcamp page, and and it's on Spotify and stuff like that. And Ed, your your band, the Anchor It, uh, the album is it all began with loneliness, which I love that title. It's killer, and um, that's also out now. Been out for a little bit. Um, what I want to do is just get a conversation going so people become more aware of both bands. Both are new. Both are debut albums. Um, relatively unknown and, um, but it was interesting because I really found out about both albums within weeks of each other. Oh, you guys pretty much came yeah. out within weeks of each other, really. I think and, so. Yeah. Um, and started to see both albums, uh, pop up on different, uh, sites that we also follow. And then, and then you start seeing emails and you start seeing people talk to each other and go, Hey, did you hear this album? Oh yeah. I was going to tell you about this album. And it just sort of became a thing where it was like really cool. So, um, and Two of the best albums this year, by far, regardless of of signed, not signed, it, anything like that. So, congrats to both of you guys uh, on those albums. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> uh, but uh, Cole, uh, let, let's start with you a little bit. Um, sure. And uh, tell us a little bit about No Spoon, about the history of the band, and uh, how you got the band name. You know, how you guys got started, that that kind of thing. Sure. So uh, I'll. I will try to keep it short because the, the story is actually, I feel like a little longer than right. most people probably expect. Um, we've, we've definitely gotten a lot of response of people asking like, who are you guys? How did you just sort of seemingly come out of nowhere and just drop this album? Well, the, the truth is we, we didn't totally come from out of nowhere. Um, the, the core um, group of members, the, the four of us, um have actually sort of been playing together in various iterations of this band for quite some time like at least a decade um at this point we all sort of met up when we were teenagers uh, met through like uh, mutual friends and um you know did sort of the the usual things that uh that kids do when they first start a band and everything start writing try to put together an album realize that you really didn't like the album that you put out <laughs> uh start trying again you know just learning 
from every mistake that you make trying to improve upon it, uh, try to make it better and better. Um, we've gone through uh, part of the reason why amazing we've sort of come out of nowhere is we've actually gone through a few different uh, iterations of the band with different members and different names and, and things like that. But like I said, the core group of members have generally been a part of it this whole time we we have we did put out um, like an EP like in 2014 it was it was a while ago um and uh after we we put that out was when we sort of started thinking about making a concept album and we started writing it started coming up with the concept started gathering all of our demos together and then over the next seven years we we sort of we put all of that together and we went through a whole bunch of lineup changes we had um a member who had to drop out for health reasons, someone who, uh, who or, or, our singer um, got married and had a kid and had to take over like, um, like family responsibilities. Right. And, you know, so we brought on other members and some things worked out, other things didn't, but we always were just sort of working on the album throughout all of that time. And then sort of the last couple of those seven years was spent with the actual recording and, and mixing and mastering process of that. Um, and by the time we sort of got towards the end of that, we're like, this feels different. This album feels a little different from any of the other stuff we've worked on before. We really feel that we've learned a lot. We ended up coming back to sort of that core group of, uh, of members. Our, our drummer who had dropped out for health reasons was able to come back as his health improved, which was wonderful. We're super happy about that. Our singer who had to stop for family reasons was able to come back. We realized that we had sort of captured a sort of a special formula with that lineup. And um, we were like, we, we think this is it. Like it's the core group of members, but something about this album feels different. We think we need to rename, we need to rebrand um, just because this feels different from what we've done before. And so that was when we sort of started kicking around new names and new presentation of ourselves. So though it totally appears like we've just like new band, we've come out of nowhere with this album or whatever. The truth is we've already sort of gotten all of our sort of like learning from our mistakes out of the way under like other yeah. band names so that we were ready to come forward and, and like really put our best foot forward under this name. Um, and the, the response that we've gotten from that, that sort of surprise is sort of the reason that we wanted to do it is so that it feels like more of a kick um, that people haven't already had an expectation of who we are. As far as the band name goes, um, I, I firmly believe that like coming up with a band name is one of the hardest things that a band has to do. Oh, yeah. um, now writing music, sure. no big deal. Like as long as you've got a good, you know, good chemistry with your members, writing music, not a problem. Coming up with a band name, totally different story. Um, but we were looking for something that felt like a connection between all of us. So it wasn't just like one person coming up with a name and everyone else just going along with it. Um, but we're all fans of like action sci-fi movies and the matrix is one of them. <laughs> um, huge fan of the matrix. Beautiful. Yeah. I think you can maybe see where I'm going with this. Oh, There's yeah, the famous line. There is no spoon. Right. <laughs> um, and that, that's sort of been like a constant, like it's become sort of an inside joke in the band and in my family okay. for like a while. Um, and so that one came up as a possible band name, but then we were like, well, but I feel like if people end up searching 
no spoon, it's really going to fall by the wayside. Like we won't even pop up on like the third page of Google results. So we're like, I don't know, let's, let's do something that makes it really easy to search us. Let's spell it weird. Let's, you know, be the, the silly guys that we are and just come up with something <laughs> really odd, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that was a smart move. I mean, there's, there's this band that that's been around for a while. You may, you may know them long distance calling and I mean, that's, I always go back to like that, that has to be the worst possible name because you'll never, you can't ever search them ever. You know what I mean? But, totally. um, uh, no, that's, that's really cool. And I, I think the thing that struck me with your guys album, and maybe this is part of the learning process and Ed, maybe this was what you thought too, when you heard it was just the quality of the recording is outstanding. It's probably the most polished album I've, I've, I've it's heard really and for a debut album. Produced. Um, <laughs> on, on a certain level, I'm happy you said you've been at it for a couple of years because having an album this polished as a debut album is absolutely mind blowing. I've never heard that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what really I think that's what got people's attention. Uh, the songs are great and all that, but but also most new bands, most debut bands don't aren't able to release something so crisp and perfectly mixed and perfectly mastered and it really sounds like that so then it's like well what are these guys doing then you know let me investigate more so i think that was um that's what i was really impressed about uh well, you guys are just so. totally feeding my ego on this yeah oh, absolutely <laughs> you know, I know I, it, was, it was you that that did the the recording right so i mean kudos yes. or whatever <laughs> whatever yeah, you, you recorded was... mixed and mastered and yeah, uh right you know I, i've spent i think i've spent hours searching for uh, more information on No Spoon. And I'm like, no, these have been around the block 100%. I can hear it in the sound. There's no way that this is a debut album. Um, so it kind of strokes my ego now a little bit more too, knowing that yeah. it's been years in the making because I just Absolutely. don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> no, believe you me, the, the first uh, the first thing that I ever like recorded and mixed did not sound nearly as good. Uh, the Learning to uh mix an album like this was part of what took that like seven years it was going into it with the mentality of like you know there are these albums that i've heard that are just like the best sounding uh metal albums that i've ever heard and now that we're at this stage where really the ability to do all of that is is all in the computer i mean yeah there's like plugins to buy or whatever but like we're we're far past the era of like where it requires access to like a million dollar console yeah. and outboard gear and, and crazy microphones to be able to do this. Like a lot of it is all in, um, you know, these, these digital tools. And so the only thing keeping us from having like a top album is the know-how and learning how to do it and the experience. And that so, resonates yeah, the, the a lot. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, I mean, actually for, so for both of you guys, I mean, was a lot of this just guitars run through you know amp simulators and and all that kind of stuff i mean is that is that how you guys just record everything and it makes it so much easier so what cole said just resonated a lot because i'm at the beginning of my journey for mixing and mastering and trying to, my, my luck at it when i started with the anchor it uh, I did not even have a sound card to start recording. So I was just buying gear as I went along. You know, I was, I had these ideas. Uh, my first ideas, I even uh, recorded a voicemail message to myself with the riffs I was playing. So I had no way of recording them. And then I played them back and you kind of learn as you go along because all these tools are 
you know, sometimes even freely available. And you just, as I said, I'm at the beginning of my journey and you explore things and you're, you've got this naivete uh, to explore things, try new things, compare yourself to others. Uh, and I was just lucky enough to be mentored by, you know, amazing musicians like Andy Tillerson and and, and Sylvain Claire who's been all around the block. But I'm definitely at the beginning of this journey. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, in seven, eight years, I get to be, uh, you know, just as good as you, Cole. That's that's the dream right now. <laughs> well, not to sell your album short, because it sounds amazing, too, in, in a completely different way. But uh, different instrumentation, different style. It's 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 completely different. Um, but let's 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 talk a little bit about the Anchorage and and uh, which is you know mostly you. Um, uh, how did you get that thing started and and put everything together? Sure, I, I think honestly it was by obligation. At that point in my life, uh, with COVID happening, I just moved into a new city. I restarted my life. Uh, you know, the album is called "It All Began with Loneliness" because it really did begin there for me personally. I needed an outlet, a creative outlet. Um, I've been playing around with the idea of bridging, uh, you know, my love of prog rock, and and I grew up listening to my dad's Genesis records, and you know. Uh, I always loved that, but I was always more embedded in the, you know, heavy metal scene and the black metal scene. And I've done a couple of those bands. And when I started proposing those black metal bands, I've been part of, um, you know, the integration of maybe a, uh, a clarinet or a saxophone, I had a hard no. So I took those ideas and I started developing them when I had no more excuses. I was in a place of loneliness. I was isolated at home and, you know, started recording voicemail messages to myself. And those items grew and got layered more and more layered. And I was looking for this. Honestly, I was looking for this human connection, you know, and at the at my age, you can't really just go meet people and say, hi, would you like to be my friend? So I was going, I was trying to get through that human connection through music, get people talking about it, maybe find musicians who are like-minded, who would like to participate, to collaborate. And, you know, that album to me is, uh, it shows my growth as a person, you know, it's, it all began with loneliness, but it went somewhere. And that growth, that whole journey I've put on paper and I'm glad, uh, to be where I am today. Yeah. How did you, uh, end up with Andy Tillerson on the record? So I think I got extremely lucky because of the situation uh, that we were all in. I think uh, a lot of musicians were looking for work, uh, were more freely available. So through apps, through threads, through Facebook, through internet, you know, it, it's it's such a big world out there. But, you know, the connections we can have through the internet might be scary a little bit. But uh, I reached out, got lucky on Every single person I reached out to actually was willing to collaborate. So I finished the demo. Um, you know, I, I made the best possible demo with the tools that I had and, you know, through what I was learning. And I sent uh, sent those out to Andy Tillerson and he was gracious enough with his time to, uh, to, uh, to, you know, to embark on this journey. And to me, pro, you know, Andy Tillerson is prog rock royalty to me. So that was a, a big stroke uh, of my ego. And that yeah. kind of gave me a little bit of a, of a push and, you know, a little bit of a push to kind of keep going. And that's, you know, it, one musician at a time embarked on the journey and together we kind of collaborated and it all began with loneliness happened. 
Well, that's that's one guy that could totally appreciate a saxophone in the middle of a prog song and, you know, that kind of stuff, which I love. I think that is so cool. Um, the influences that you guys both bring, your bands bring, I mean, I hear from the Anchorage a lot of Opeth, uh, Pink Floyd, you know, Genesis, Tangent, like you were talking about. And then I think, uh, you know, Cold, No Spoon, I mean, is heavy Dream Theater, Haken, you know, porcupine tree, you know, like thing. I mean, is that sure? Is that right on? Am I right, you know, off on base there with with what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, how do you um, you make you're starting to band in, in you know in this era, you know, wherever the band started, but the albums are out in 2023. You know, do you even worry about what what you're bringing in terms of influences trying, you know, trying to break through, you know, what is the thinking of, of guys trying to put out an album now, you know, and or is it just, Hey, this is just what we like. We're writing what we like. And you don't even worry about that. Well, Cole, so, well, you go ahead. Uh, sure. Um, so from, from no spoons perspective, we've always sort of had this mentality with that. We love, the music of the bands we like, obviously. Um, but we'll sort of get to the end of an album or to the end of their discography, if, if they've got an extensive discography as a band like Dream Theater does. And we'll get to the end of that and we'll just still be craving more. <laughs> we'll still, <laughs> like when I, when I first started listening to Dream Theater and I just like smashed through all of the albums, it was like, I love this so much. Where can I find more bands that sound like this? And honestly, there at the the end of the the 2000s, beginning of the 2010s, there really weren't that many other sure. bands that sounded. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I was looking for bands that sounded just like Dream Theater because I loved them that much. Um, and there were other similar things, but Prague is such a, a varied genre that you can have like both Dream Theater and Opeth, and the two really not sound alike. Like they're both doing proggy things, but in very, very different ways. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get, end up getting into Opeth for sure, but that wasn't like satisfying the, the dream theater craving. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and th the same is true for, for all of the bands that we like, we, we just love their music, but we're like, you're not putting out music fast enough for us to enjoy. So, um, the mentality is sort of like, well, so then we have to do it ourselves. Let's, yeah, let's um, make the album you want to hear, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and so I, I suppose it would then be no surprise that the music would end up sounding a bit like the bands that we like to listen to, because it's it's really sort of like self-gratifying it's it's like well yeah we're, we're trying to come up with that that bombastic like huge heavy but also like really epic but also emotional at times kind of right kind of music that it just so happens that like i mean dream theater exists right up the middle in prog i kind of feel like they're sort of your your quintessential prog metal band so if you're trying to do that it's only like it's inevitable that you're going to get compared to that like yeah if you have you know, angular riffs with odd meters, but you also have like keyboard solos and stuff like, yeah, the, the Dream Theater comparisons are inevitable. Um, Haken kind of exists in that same sphere too. They're sort of that middle of the road prog metal, I would say. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. So yeah, I, I would say it's, it's inevitable that we're going to be compared to the stuff that we like to listen to. Um, but, you know, with that said, we 
try to be very conscious of like what's been done before, like in a literal sense, and to try to do things that still satisfy the sound that we're going for without just utterly plagiarizing anyone. Sure. Um, yeah, of course. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, we love those bands, so I'm, I'm happy to be compared to them. It's, it's not a problem for me. <laughs> I always think it's a compliment. Uh, yeah. Ed, how about you? I mean, when you were writing this material, you said you, you came from a kind of black metal and wanted to also incorporate prog stuff, but were you also, were you listening to certain bands and then realizing, Hey, this is where I can maybe fit in or, or it, it really had no influence. Oh, uh, well, actually, yes, uh, quite a lot. So I left with my dad's discography in mind, right? And I kind of started going through all these albums, you know, and there are always albums that stood out and were my best friends, you know, growing up. And I always wanted to give like an homage to those albums, but there's a lot. So I decided to kind of write songs with the idea of, you know, embedding DNA of a specific album of a specific style that I liked into each song intertwined with you know all the other elements that I enjoy so for example if you take a song with you know I have gospel vocals and the reason gospel vocals are there because I, I started with the vision I wanted to find what would be the DNA of uh, you know Dark Side of the Moon and I played around with that mixing in my own influences my own experiences into creating that song once that was done I moved on and I tried to play around with you know Crime of the Century uh, which is really the reason why I've always enjoyed saxophone to begin with so Crime mm. of the you know the Anchorage has saxophone today because as a growing up that's that was the album that really hit me uh, one of my lot. favorite albums of all time by the way of course not a bad song on it for yeah. sure um and uh so every song had that idea of i started out and i started building it from basically the middle right and embedding the that dna into whatever i was writing and trying and, and playing around with uh and you know f twisting the dials in one way or another way so uh if you go through the album it goes basically through Pink Floyd, then it ends up ends up being a little bit of Opif and goes in into a little bit more of a fusion element here and there, and then goes back into Opif, and I'm trying to find cohesion. So it was a lot of exercises and a lot of versioning of the songs and a lot of polishing. And um, I'm just glad I got all of those ideas finally out on paper and uh, made the music basically a best of of all the things that i loved growing up yeah that's cool yeah. um i want to ask you guys both uh back to to the idea of being bands coming out in this this day and age the challenges um as you start making this record and realizing okay we have this record what do you do with it in 2023 to get people to hear it so you know, what, what were your goals and what is success in your eyes for a band like, like you guys starting out for now? All right. Obviously let's get as many people to hear it, but I mean, do you have certain goals or things in mind or challenges of experience that, that are sort of very relatable for bands that, that are starting out now? Ed, what about you? No, absolutely. Well, what happened basically when I finished this album and I started to listen to it and I've, I know I've been enjoying it, but I honestly thought that only maybe 12 people in the world will enjoy it because <laughs> it's not heavy enough for the heavy metal guys. And it's definitely has a little bit 
you know, too much heaviness and a couple of blast beats here and there that maybe the Prague people would not enjoy. So I was kind of stuck in the middle and I've, I had absolutely no expectations whatsoever. I still wanted, however, for a maximum of people to listen to it, you know, and I was encouraged by everyone else who collaborated on the band. So I just put it out in the universe and got a call back the next day. So it's, I got extremely lucky. Um, and the whole point of this whole project was for me from the beginning was to kind of create this bridge between those two worlds because i think you know that's you know music has to be universal and i've always enjoyed music that were kind of gateway uh bands you know there's a couple of you know children of bottom was a gateway band for me to understand what the uh the growling was you know uh you know those the, that hard screaming nevermore for the is trashy band but it has clean nice. vocals a lot of theatrics yeah, you know that. and radiohead is a Another example, which just like goes you know, goes into electronica. So you listen to that and you start exploring items. So my dream from the beginning with this album was to be somewhere in the middle, uh, to become a bridge between those two worlds and bring those two together. Nice. Cole, how about you guys? Oh, that, that's really cool. I know that, that actually like really resonates with me because there's, especially when you said like you were enjoying it, but you weren't like really sure if, if too many other people would. Um, totally the same thing in our camp. Um, it, like I said earlier, like it, it took us seven years from start to finish to to get Opus to the point of being um, listenable <laughs> or to, to being a released album. And, uh, you know, during that time, it becomes really easy to get in your own head about it. And like, yeah, sure, the whole time, like you're ideally enjoying what you're creating, because why would you create something that you don't like? Yeah. Um, but you really do lose a sense for whether everyone else is going to like it too um you know you just get stuck in the studio and it, it just sort of becomes this this bubble of sort of echo chamber of opinions and it's like okay yeah sure we love it but has our taste just evolved in this such specific niche direction that we're going to release it and like i don't know 12 other people are going to like it yeah <laughs> um and but it, it like kind of in line with that thought of how we're we're always just trying to like put out more music that we would want to listen to i think we were always going to put out the album regardless of whether people liked it or not um for ourselves uh, just because we love the music and it's kind of like uh you know if no one else likes it well that's that's cool that's fine you know we're we're happy to have a an album that we like at the end of the day so um now of course, with that said, it's really cool to see other people <laughs> like something that you've created. Um, and I, I will say throughout all of that time, like we've in, in some of our older stuff, we went through a phase of like trying out like the harsh vocals and everything. We we like music with that uh, with that kind of stuff, too. Like I'm, I'm a big Meshuggah fan um, myself. Right. And that's all harsh vocals. Right. So, um, you know, we, we've kind of gone through that. And obviously that has its own sort of like. I would say slightly more limited appeal, right? I, I think probably the general listen, uh, listening audience tends to prefer melodic vocals. Um, and we kind of decided with this album that we're like, well, do we want to har have harsh vocals? Yes, no. It didn't really seem to make a difference to us. We were like, eh, it's a toss up. We can, we can't, doesn't make a difference. So then let's just not and see how far that gets us. 
Um, I know for me personally, while we were trying to make the album, I was trying to think in terms of like, can we make an album that is satisfying to us artic- uh, artistically while still be interesting to like perhaps a more um, like conservative listener in, in the sense of someone who's maybe just used to listening to, uh, I don't know, like pop music mm-hmm. or something like, can we still capture some of that interest? Um, or will we will we be so far down like the prog oh. route that <laughs> that you know we're, we're just totally inaccessible that way? And my um, they'll be happy to hear this if if they watch this later. My personal guide for that was uh, was my parents. I was uh, kind of going into this thinking like, can I write an album that I think my parents will will like <laughs> while still being interesting to me? Right, right, um, and. So that's that was something that we aimed for. We aimed for things like we we have to like as we're writing each song, every chorus has to be like what we feel is like really good, like not just a a, a good like fun chorus, but something that's catchy and will get stuck in in your head. Um, something that would be as catchy as a pop song while still remaining prog for us. And I'm essentially thrilled to say so far that that seems to have been the case. I, yeah, I, know, like, I mean, a number of people who not necessarily prog fans love the album which is i think that was probably our goal was to like i said create something satisfying for us that could still be accessible to other people i i think the 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 thing that i've always thought about when your band starting out now it's so hard to make it there's no rhyme or reason to who becomes super famous or whatever or what's a hit what's not a hit it's almost impossible to really know but if you're going to do something, then go all in on whatever it is you've decided to do, right? So if you want to be a prog metal band, then just go all in. 10, 15-minute songs, like growl vocals, no growl, whatever you decide is your thing, but just just own it. You know what I mean? And totally. I, I, and then it'll be good, and then you, 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 know, you may not become Metallica, but you'll find an audience if it's done well. And that's, you know, I think that's really the key here to in today's music um i would say it's it's kind of like the the best way i think i could put it is like i don't know Prague has not like always been the most popular genre with the world um i think if we were into music to make money we would probably be writing songs for uh well like k-pop artists or something like that yeah well that's the thing i mean and that and that thing's always evolving and that thing's always changing and you and you have no idea what is going to be at the end of hit or not. And if you're not in love with that, if that's not at your core of what you are, then people are going to see it as bullshit. And then it doesn't. Yeah. You got to be honest with your music. You you got to have an intention. You got to have a vision. You start somewhere, you go somewhere, you are on a journey yourself. You kind of put it on paper and um, you know, you always just expect for the best, but you always have to be honest with music. I think that's uh, incredibly important uh, uh, with music. Yeah. That Well, there, that's one thing. And the other thing is have a killer singer. And I oh, think yeah. you both have. And <laughs> Let's I think be real both, here. I think so. You both have that as well. So <laughs> that's really important too. Um, I always uh, think it's really cool when there's some random band and you, they have this guy who's like, I could never, any band I ever had, we could never find an amazing singer. We auditioned eight, 8 million people. We could never find an, an amazing singer. So I'm like always how you guys have these guys that can sing so great. It just makes everything sound awesome. Um, 
So, uh, look again. Uh, where can we tell people to get get the albums? What uh, what's the latest on getting the albums? I know, uh, No Spoon. You guys were 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 looking into making some physical stuff. You know, tell people about that and where they can get the music now. Um, currently, as as far as uh, listening to the record, the the only place you can buy it currently is Bandcamp, where it's available um, digitally. So we decided we wanted to start with just a, a digital only release and see if the interest for uh, physical versions is out there and it is so we're working on it it's <laughs> definitely going to happen um, both cds and vinyl it's it's coming eventually i promise um aside from that your your average uh streaming platforms all of that stuff uh, on our youtube channel we have just the whole album up all in one video where you can listen to it start to finish um so yeah that's where you can find cool. us all right check it out and uh ed what about you uh, same thing. You can just go to theanchoret.com to have all the links at your disposal. Uh, you can buy our albums through Bandcamp. We have vinyl. We have physical releases. Uh, I think we really went all out and we're extremely <laughs> proud of uh, uh, of our album. So we just hope for the best. Uh, we've got two uh, different splatter vinyls and all that. You know, Very cool. Stuff. Yeah. I've seen a lot of your uh, Instagram promotional clips and, and uh, videos like that's so all done really well. So nice job on all that. It's very good stuff. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah, that's also cool. uh, that's also another hat I was wearing uh, in the back. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, and then uh, Cole, yeah, No Spoon has a, a video that just came out for Earworm, which is just such a cool song. Um, oh, yeah. I think that encapsulates the album really well. It's like five minutes and it's all over the place and it's awesome and it still has a hook which is killer so uh, totally my favorite song uh, on the album yeah it's killer just <laughs> it's awesome. the one right before my favorite song which is uh, <laughs> and then there was one which is just so melodramatic nice. melodramatic and i i love that <laughs> so how do we get a, uh, how do we get a shows going with you guys uh on the same bill is that is that something that happens aren't you guys both u.s or ed are you in the u.s uh i'm in canada you're in Canada. Well, but still, that's, that's close enough. We're on the same continent, so that works. We'll, we'll that make it sold. happen. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we do that, uh, let me know. We'll announce it here. How about that? Uh, right cool. Uh, listen, again, congrats, guys. Everybody, please go check out these guys, uh, The Anchorit and No Spoon, both killer records. I'm sure you'll see them on our end-of-the-year podcasts uh, and all that stuff. We're big fans of them over here at The Park Report. And... Um, Always uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts, progreport.com and, and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you all again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks to Cole and Ed for the interview. Don't forget to check out the new albums from No Spoon and The Anchor, both out now. You can check them out on Bandcamp, wherever you stream music everywhere. For upcoming news, interviews, reviews, and more, check out progreport.com, wherever you get your podcasts, on all our socials, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you all again soon.